0: Hallelujah 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 Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it Hallelujah Hallelujah. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. While Jesus was speaking to the crowds, his mother and his brothers appeared outside wishing to speak to him. And someone said to him, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside asking to speak with you. But he said in reply to the one who had told him, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, "Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my heavenly Father is my brother and sister and mother." The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks. Couldn't help but laugh. I didn't touch the first reading at all during school mass this morning, but then went out for lunch and had grilled pork. Don't tell Uncle Eliezer. I think it's really important in hearing these passages from the Maccabees in the last two weeks of the year um, to to first look at why the church gives us to them during these last two weeks. So as we approach the end of the year and we face the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, the church has us look backwards to the worst things that have ever happened. Yesterday, we had the abomination of desolation set up on the altar in the temple, the worst thing in Jewish memory. Right? Here we have just a whole string. Hold on to your seats. This is the next two weeks, basically. People keep getting killed over and over and over again for eating pork and doing things like burying the dead. Why? They weren't killed for the bacon. Neither were they killed for particular burial practices. They were, as Eleazar said, killed because of devotion to the Lord. The pork, the burial, pots, pans, the whole kit, every jot and tittle of the old law was ultimately about this. It was directed to our hearts devoted wholly to the Lord. Perhaps if more of us thought more about God's care over our pots and pans, we might get the rest of our moral life together. But that isn't the feast that the church keeps today. The feast the church keeps today is that of the presentation of the Blessed Mother of God. The presentation sisters who came from Ireland, courtesy of Nano Nagel, still have a, a place over in Dubuque, um, but their old mother house was turned into the college seminary that I went to. And if you get to Dubuque and you happen to, to to get inside there is a glorious chapel which carries in the windows the life of the Blessed Mother. One of my favorites is an image of our Lord as a boy helping Saint Joseph in the wood shop and Jesus is sort of laid out like this like he's planing a piece of wood and Saint Joseph is standing back sort of observing his stepson and the tools on his tool belt spell out the name of Jesus in Hebrew. I call it the Dubuque-Da Vinci Code. (laughs) The presentation is a feast that comes to us from the Christian East, though it was almost certainly a custom of the Jerusalem community in the first two or three centuries. It's important to remember that in those early years of the church, while the faith spread very, very far, very, very quickly, all the way to France on the west side and India on the east within the first 30-40 years, those communities very quickly became isolated from one another because of persecution. The reason we weren't able to have a proper council till 325 was because it wasn't really safe to get everybody all together before that. And even when we did, I always carry in my mind this image, even when we did at that first council of Nicaea, at the opening mass, um, the bishops came in on stretchers. They were mostly carried in by their deacons, and the few who could walk were missing hands or eyes or limbs because of torture, the same kind of persecution which Eleazar had known under Epiphanes. The feast... Commemorates an event that doesn't occur in Scripture, which is why none of the readings could be arranged to record it. This is a memory that the church kept that coincides with a real ancient Jewish practice that Jewish children were often offered to God, not as a sacrifice, but given back to God, especially if those children had been long hoped for or much prayed for. Think of Samuel in the Old Testament, whose mother... Prayed. this is before the temple exists, but at the shrine that was set up at Shiloh, and who, when the boy came, uh, was weaned at three, was brought back to be offered to the temple. The same sort of thing happened to the Blessed Mother. St. Anna and St. Joachim, the holy and righteous grandparents of God, recognized in the girl that God had given them after a long period of infertility a great gift, a gift that could only rightly be restored to the giver. It's important that this feast of the Blessed Mother parallels the Feast of Our Lord in February, huh? So February of the second, we keep the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord in the Temple. This is the Feast of the Presentation of Mary in the Temple. All of the great feasts of the Lord have a kind of parallel in the life of Mary, and that's very deliberate. So in March, the Annunciation, we keep the memory of the, the, the coming of the angel to announce the birth of the boy, the day on which he was conceived. Nine months after March 25th is December 25th. And in just a few couple weeks, we'll be keeping the memory of her own conception, which, while it was accomplished in a more natural fashion, was miraculous in its character. Of course, we have the Feast of the Lord's Nativity pending in December, and we kept just a month and a half ago, right, the Feast of Mary's own Nativity. There is no feast which parallels the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection for the Blessed Mother for the simple reason that she shares in his, at the cross, her station-keeping. But there is, of course, a feast which parallels his ascension, that is, of her own assumption. And that is no accident, because her life mirrors his perfectly as perfectly as a purely human life can, because she came to participate most perfectly in that life and in that death and in his resurrection. And if we are faithful, though her life paralleled his as a kind of a preview beforehand, if we are faithful, our lives can do the same and mirror the Lord's after the fact. So that someday, our own conception, though don't worry, you don't have to ask your folks about that, our own conception and our own birth and the days in which we were all presented to the Lord in his temple for holy baptism, each of these days will be remembered in the life of the church because we'll have come to love him as perfectly as we can.